Welcome to the Daily Dietitian Podcast. I am your host, Stacey Mitchell. I am so happy to have you here. My goal for this podcast is to break down the latest health topics and help clear the clutter in the messy world of nutrition and fitness. We hope to inspire, educate, and entertain all things wellness. Join us as we talk with experts in their fields on how to feel our best in our own body and mind. Or you're having those thoughts of, you know, carbs aren't good, like we can't do this, especially during the summer where your kids are going to want to go out for ice cream. You know, there's all of the ice cream places open and they want to be doing all those fun activities. It's just one occurrence out of all of them. In reality, you're probably not going to be buying ice cream out every single day. Welcome to our eight-week summer series of episodes to help you ditch the summer diets and start making peace with your current beach body. We want to be in your ears this summer to delete those diet-restrictive ways, become educated on the effects of diets, and learn how to make those mindset shifts to build a healthier relationship with your mind and body. Today we have a topic that is close to my heart as I feel this with my kids. We are talking about how our dieting habits affect our kids. Kids see so much and even if you think they don't notice, they do. They see how their parents eat, how they talk about food, what they eat and more. Our guest is registered dietitian Haley that is the expert in helping parents feeding kids and how to talk to them about food especially when they are picky eaters. Haley was featured in episode number 62, titled From Picky Eating to Raising Intuitive Eaters. I know this series is focusing on detoxing diet ways, but how does our diet habits affect our children? Haley provides great tips on the do's and don'ts to help build mindful eaters and teaching us a crash course on carbs and how they are important for our body. Join us for this conversation. Haley, it is so great to have you back. Will you introduce yourself for all those that are new here? Yes. So I'm Haley Walker and now I'm registered dietitian. I was not quite last time that we did an interview on here. Um, And I work with um, mainly kids who are picky eaters or just anybody um, who's looking to help their kids' nutrition and really make sure that they're getting the nutrients that they need and having a healthy relationship with food. I love it. Now, you focus on the kid avenue and helping parents teach their kids ways to navigate those picky eaters. And, you know, this may be a little tangent for um, this series. However, I do think there's still some correlation between parents' ideas of healthy foods um, that reflects on the kids' version as well. So today we are going to kind of talk about those carbs and how they, um, I don't know, they they get a bad rap, don't they? And I know some parents, those who are um, maybe looking into these diets and I, I was telling you before we recorded, um, my daughter just mentioned how one of her friends, moms were on a diet and how she wasn't able to have this certain food. So tell us a little bit more about carbs and sugar and what they do for the body. Yeah. So carbs and sugar are, um, 
Well, carbohydrates are an important part of the diet. Um, our brain needs only like 100 grams a day to function. And then that's just our brain. And so when you think about the rest of your body, we really need to be getting enough carbs in during the day. So we have enough energy. And specifically when we're looking at kids, especially picky eaters who might not be getting enough food during each meal where it might be because they are picky and they don't really want to eat the foods that are served or they just don't realize they're hungry or like have the wherewithal to ask for a snack yet. Um, so then when they start not eating quite so much at meals, they're looking for something that's going to give them quick energy and a lot of um energy per bite so they're usually reaching for these like carby foods when it gets to that point and a lot of times it can feel like your kids might be obsessed with these carbs and this sugar when really they might just be hungry and it's not really that big of a deal when we look at the grand scheme of things but there are ways that we can help them to balance those out so it's not the only thing that they're eating yeah I feel like in years of growing up, you know, it was don't have so much sugar in the diet for the kids because then they will go crazy. And um, does that hold any ground? Um, in my experience, the kids who have that kind of reaction when they're given um, a sugary food or some like simple carbohydrates, a lot of times the example is like, oh, my kid like can't control themselves when we go to a birthday party. And if there's all of this sugar around. In my experience working with parents of these kids, it's that they aren't um, given the chance to use self-regulation around those types of foods. So then when they get around them, they're like, oh, this might be the only chance that I get to have this food. So as you kind of help teach them um, to tune into those intuitive thoughts, uh, do the parents ever have any uh, worries about the amount of carbohydrates or sugar in the diet? Yeah, for sure. I get parents that are like, so my approach to this is we allow the sugar um, in their diet more often. And this scares a lot of parents, especially the parents who already have this feeling like their kids might be addicted to sugar or obsessed with sugar. And they don't think that they can trust their kids around sugar because... In the past, they have gone crazy and like eaten a ton in one sitting. And it's kind of scary to watch as a parent sometimes because you want what's best for them. And, you know, probably six cupcakes in one sitting isn't what's best for them. Um, so it can be a little difficult to watch at times. But my approach is when we start having these foods more often, um, it's really scary for parents in the beginning to start offering these and also to not say anything about it when they're offering the food. So, you know, your kid loves cupcakes we start putting a cupcake on the plate at dinner. And the first few times that you do it, they might eat a few cupcakes. You know, if you have the whole tray of cupcakes available, they might eat four that first time. And then they might continue to do that for a few days. But over time, they learn that they're going to be available to them. And then they start to not feel so crazy around these types of things. And they'll start to leave them on the plate. And the first time that your kid leaves that on the plate, parents are like, what? Like, I never thought this could be possible that we could just live like a stress-free life and I don't have to worry about having these types of things in the house because my kid's not actually crazy around sugar. I was just creating an environment where they didn't really realize if they were going to ever have that again. So they were taking the opportunity when it was given to eat as much as they could. So then they felt satisfied for 
however long it's going to be until the next time they're allowed a cupcake. And we can learn from our kids because we will kind of mimic those same patterns. If once we get used to having sugar around, it's really not that cool anymore. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, Do you find some parents that are maybe following restrictive diet rules or restrictive eating patterns? How do you um, navigate that with within teaching them um, these intuitive eating patterns? Yeah, so whenever um, parents happen to be on a diet, and I do work with the majority of the parents that I work with are like into intuitive eating already. So we don't run into a lot of them that are on diets now, but if they were in the past, and even if they are going to be, um, or if they're on a diet such as like a gluten-free diet or something like that where they're doing it for, maybe food allergy reasons or something along those lines. Um, We treat them all kind of the same where when we talk about them, it's I'm not eating um, gluten or I'm choosing not to eat this pasta tonight. Not because it's a bad thing, but because it doesn't make my body feel good. Whether you have a gluten allergy or you are diabetic and you can only have so much at one sitting. So it's just really how you're phrasing it to kids so that they learn, you know, that food isn't bad. It's just that that person doesn't enjoy that food like I do. Maybe it hurts their body and it doesn't to me. So I can eat as much as I want. But when um, parents start to use that like language around food where they're saying, oh, well, carbs are bad. I can't have them. You know, they make me fat. That's not stuff that we want to be teaching our children because if they never hear things like that, they're not going to think to say things like that. And they're not going to think those things about themselves and how they're eating. So it's just kind of, you know, as parents model good behavior for their kids in all aspects of life, we want to do that around our food as well. So you're making choices that make your body feel the best, whether you're trying to um, be on a diet or something like that. It's okay to do that if that's your choice, but your children don't need to be on the diet with you. So that needs be left out of off of their plate kind of great clarification on that because sometimes it gets jumbled and our kids are our sponges like whatever they see mom and dad do they end up either saying or doing or even if you think you're being very secretive about it kids know and I think this is um such an important topic because we live in a diet culture world and I want to kind of bring on this movement of cutting that off for the next generation. Yeah, I love that. It would be wonderful if we could just leave all of that behind and start eating how we want to and leaving all of that diet culture nonsense of foods are good and bad behind. And I'm always surprised when my younger kids, I have a nine-year-old, 11-year-old, and a 14-year-old, and from their shows and from other things, um, they pick up that carbs make us gain weight. Carbs make us fat. If we want to lose weight, it's carbs that are the cause in the diet. How do you help people navigate that question? Yeah, so I always like to take the approach of like none of our foods are bad. They are, they do different things for our body. So when kids have questions about these things, like sometimes I run into this when the kids are getting a little bit older and they're like, well, you know, carrots aren't as healthy as a sucker. 
And it's like, no, I mean, when we're looking in terms of the different nutrients that they provide, your sucker's only providing you with some glucose there, unless you've got like a fancy sucker. But when we look at carrots, you know, those are providing us with other nutrients. And one of those is not better than the other. You know, when you're really wanting some carrots, you're not going to reach for a sucker. Instead, you're going to probably find another vegetable because what you want is something that's going to be crunchy or provide you with some fiber or something like that or something that you want to dip. Whereas if you're looking for a sucker or like a dessert, you're going to go for that. You're not going to just swap it out with a vegetable. So all things provide different kinds of nutrients and different types of satisfaction, which is something that we work with a lot too. And that um, if I have like adult clients who talk about this a lot more, because they are eating things and they're like, well, I'm eating all of these things that I like, but I'm not like, I'm still wanting more. And so it's kind of working in those different satisfaction things. Whereas like, are you making your salad without cheese on it? And like, is that what you want is to put cheese on there? Like you don't need to leave that off. Like it isn't a healthier salad because there's no cheese on it. Um, you know, so it's just stuff like that where sometimes we do things without even thinking and what really happens is we need to focus a little bit more and really figure out what types of things we want to be eating in the first place. Can you help break down the uh, kind of the science of what a carb is and how it's processed in the body? Yeah, so carbohydrates are any of our um, like grains, so like breads, pastas, um, starchy vegetables like squashes, um, potatoes, and then all of your different fruits, um, and then any different sweets that you eat. Those are all different kind of carbohydrates, as well as um, dairy products, so like your milk and yogurt and stuff like that. And those are broken down in your body into glucose, and the glucose helps fuel your body and it gives you energy. Um, So that's our main source of energy. Most people... um, Unless you're on a special diet, you need about a half of your total calories come from your carbohydrates. Like, so it's, it's a big part of your day. So when we say that these things are bad and we demonize them, people start to cut them out and then they're not getting the energy that they need for the day. And they're like, well, I don't understand. Like a lot of times you start feeling more tired or you feel a little out of control around food and it's not that you have a problem. You don't have, you know, a food addiction or a sugar addiction. You're, you're just hungry and you haven't eaten enough. So it really starts in that spiral. And that's kind of what people like influencers and stuff who use a lot of diet culture start to say like, Oh, well, you know, it isn't the sugar. You don't need to eat that. Um, And then they start to say, you know, like, Oh, you might be addicted to sugar if you're craving these when you're not eating them. When in reality, it's we're not eating enough and we need to get those in our diet. So, Hey, I want to take a moment and talk about a meal service I am loving. And that is Hungry Roots. You may have heard me talk about it before, but I was thinking if I were to make my own meal service... I would have come up with Hungry Root version myself (laughs) because they provide what I like to call shortcut ingredients to put a meal together in minutes and taste wonderful. Our very first meal was green chili chicken and pepper tacos. Wow. I think my favorite product was the chicken breast. It was pre-cooked, seasoned, and absolutely 
absolutely delicious. My kids love it. Chicken is one of those things, if it's cooked, eh, I'm a little scared about it, but this was fantastic. Um, the meal came with two containers of chopped peppers and onions that I sauteed in a pan, and then I add the chicken to heat together. Minutes we're talking about. It was a snap. And then they also had some tortillas that just had the best flavor. And it also came with this wonderful green sauce that just made the meal complete. I thought it was amazing, so simple. I'm not even sure if it counts as cooking because it was that easy. And leftovers were wonderful. I don't say that often. <laughs> if you want to try it out for yourself, I have a special code in the show notes to get $50 off Hungry Root on your first order. There's so much that goes into it and plays with it. And, um, you know, we should pro probably repeat the Krebs cycle that we learned in um, college. <laughs> <laughs> the good old Krebs cycle. And that's just the whole process of breaking down our energy. For a parent that is maybe struggling with their own food issues, how can they model good behaviors for their kids? So I always say that it's not really essential for you to have a good relationship with food to teach it to your kids, but it definitely makes it a lot easier. So when you are serving food to your kids, um, not using any of that language that like puts morality with your food. So, you know, tonight we're having like some yummy carrots and then we're going to have a treat of dessert. Like, no, we're just having carrots and dessert. And these are the things that are available. And when we put them on the same playing field, we allow our kids that um, freedom and that autonomy to choose the food that they actually want to eat. because. In all reality, if you were able to eat a cupcake or um, a scoop of ice cream with every single meal, you would eventually pass on that because it just gets to be too much. It's not what you want all of the time. We don't eat the same food. Well, I know some people do, but most people don't eat the same foods every single day. You get a little bored with it. So when we give the kids the option to do that, that's where we just kind of let them do it. So all kids are born with this intuitive eating. They know what their body needs and they have those hunger and fullness cues that they're learning and they are learning when to stop and when they maybe need to eat more. So sometimes they're going to leave the table hungry. Sometimes they're going to leave the table really full, but it's all a learning process and we don't really need to get in the middle of it. So just allowing them that freedom to do that and then um, just kind of keeping the language around food neutral. And then if you do any different, um, like sometimes moms are doing like meal replacement shakes or they pick a smoothie or something like that, it's important to still get at the table and eat with your kids because they do need that behavior model. So if you're choosing to do something like that, we don't want you in the kitchen drinking your shake and your kids over here at the table eating their own meal because they're going to be like, well, what? Like, am I eating the wrong thing? Because you're drinking that over there. Like, should I have one of those too? Um, so it's important to sit down at the table with them. And maybe if you're making a smoothie, give them some smoothie with their um, meal. So then you guys can kind of enjoy foods together. And if you're able to, it's really important to eat the same foods as your kids, especially the foods that you want them to get to eat. So if you're trying to get your kids to eat more vegetables and they don't have the opportunity to see mom and dad eating vegetables, 
it's going to be a lot harder for them to grow to like that food or get used to that food or even be okay with having it on their plate. So yeah, modeling lots of behavior. I'm loving how this conversation is going because it's just teaching. um, It's being that role model for our kids and, you know, just being aware of all these things when sometimes we don't realize saying a treat or yummy that it can kind of hurt the relationship with the, with our food. Yeah, it's crazy how little those things can happen. And um, sometimes they'll get stuck on those little words um, and they'll start asking for things like that. And you're like, what, is, what does that even mean? Like, what are you talking about? You want a treat? Like, I don't know. I don't have anything like that. Or what does that mean to you? I remember growing up in the 80s and I knew exactly what diet my mom was going on, you know, from, from cabbage diet to Atkins to Weight Watchers to, and, and I would do them right along with her sometimes too. Um, uh-huh. And that's just how it was. Like, I remember looking at the amount of fat grams on products and I do not want to know the amount of sodium we consumed in our Atkins diet <laughs> because <laughs> I know it was astronomical. So... <laughs> Yeah, it was processed cheese, you know, in the in the plastic and hot dogs and maybe some um, iceberg lettuce. You know, I think that was the amount of vegetables that we had back then. Okay, yeah. (laughs) So if we can take make that change, start that movement in showing our kids how to build a good relationship with all types of foods and accepting our body. Yeah. Yes. It's very important to have that whole big picture of everything together. For sure. Any other last takeaways for the summer uh, for, I would like to speak to moms out there who maybe kind of have these dieting thoughts in the back of their head. Yeah. Um, I always say, you know, when you're going, when you're like choosing the foods that you want to eat or you're having those thoughts, of, you know, carbs aren't good, like we can't do this, especially during the summer where your kids are going to want to go out for ice cream. You know, there's all of the ice cream places open and they want to be doing all those fun activities. Um, It's just one occurrence out of all of them. In reality, you're probably not going to be buying ice cream out every single day. So I wouldn't think too much about it, especially if you're out and being active, you're going to make good use of all of that energy that you're getting from the ice cream. So, um, yeah, and it's a great bonding time with your kids to help um, with all of that. So, yeah. I love it. I have a couple of closing questions here, and it's just sharing your favorite summer drinks, summer food, and summer movement. Ooh, my favorite summer drink, um, I make these, like, blueberry mojito mocktails with kombucha and sparkling water that are super good. Um, So that would be my favorite summer drink. And then my favorite summer food is we make, um, like, any kind of kebabs, like veggie, steak, chicken. love all of the kebabs and rice pilaf because my daughter is obsessed with rice pilaf. <laughs> <laughs> and what was the last one? Summer movement. Summer movement. Ooh, I love going golfing, and I actually just bought my first pair of roller skates. So I don't have a helmet or... Um, elbow pads and knee pads yet 
Um, so I'm being like very cautious of what I'm doing, but I'm going to get a little more into that because it's very fun. And I found some roller skates on sale. So I'm going to be skating around this summer. Roller skating is so much fun. And I, is, I just feel like a kid again when I'm doing it too. Yes, yeah. I uh, told my husband I wanted roller skates for Christmas, and he told me that I was too old. (laughs) So I went out and bought them right away. (laughs) I still have my roller skates from when I was 13. They are white boots with hot pink wheels and hot pink laces, and I even brought them to the skating rink. (laughs) Nice. Oh, Haley, thank you so much for all your tips and helpful uh, mindset movements to help us get over these dieting ways this summer. Of course. Thank you so much for having me. I love this topic and it's becoming an area that I just want to focus more on. If you have little eaters at your household, be sure to follow Haley for more helpful tips. And we will be back next week talking about tips and tricks for bad body image days. Hey, if you are loving this series, let me know your favorite takeaways and better yet, share this series with a friend or screenshot it on Instagram and tag us. I am loving this series and I really hope it's helping you um, something you can relate to. So thank you for joining us on the Daily Dietitian Podcast.